Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. Today is episode 426. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 through chapter 11, verse 1. Let's read our passage. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market without raising questions for the sake of conscience, since the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. If any of the unbelievers invites you over and you want to go, eat everything that is set before you without raising questions for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is food from a sacrifice, do not eat it out of consideration for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? If I partake with thanksgiving, why am I criticized because of something for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the Church of God. Just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. This is Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. He had founded the church five years earlier on his second missionary journey. Now he's on his third missionary journey in Ephesus, and he's sending this letter to the church in Corinth. One of their concerns is about going to the pagan temples and participating in their worship feasts. Paul had told them not to do this. They challenged Paul on that. And their concern is knowledge. We have knowledge and also rights. We have the right to do this. We have the freedom to do this. And so all through chapter 8, 9, and 10, Paul's been driving this point home that, yes, you have freedom. Yes, you have knowledge. Yes, you have rights. But love trumps all of that. And so you have responsibilities for how you conduct your life and how it affects other people. And he also raised the issue that these pagan temples are not morally neutral. They're places of worship of demons. And so to go there and participate in that is actually to participate in demon worship. And that's idolatry. So he finished up the whole idea of going to the pagan temples. Now he's dealing with a related category of what happens when you go to the meat market. You don't know where that meat came from. Now, the faithful Jews would need to basically have a pedigree for that meat. Where was it grown? How was it grown? Where did it come from? Who butchered it? And what's the chain of custody to its current situation? Because they have all these worship feasts at the pagan temples, and any of the stuff that's left over is sold at the local meat market. And so you will, the last thing you'd want to do is buy some meat at the meat market that had been part of a pagan worship feast. So that was the position of the Jews. What were the Christians supposed to do with this? So Paul's dealing with this issue now. He's already said, don't go to the pagan temples. But what about other aspects of this? So verse 23, he says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. That's a repeat from what he said back in chapter 6, verse 12. Everything is permissible seems to be their slogan and the idea that we have freedom now. So everything is permissible. Well, 
Everything's permissible, but not, not everything is good. Not everything's beneficial. Then he repeats it, changes a little bit. He says, everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Now, when Paul first started this whole discussion, he led with the idea that you don't deal with these things based just on knowledge. A higher order is love. So knowledge is good, but if you're not doing that without love, then you're just acting selfishly. And as he described love, one of the things he said love does is love builds up. He contrasted that with knowledge, which puffs up. And so here he says, it may be permissible, but if it doesn't build others up, then it's probably not appropriate. And there's no one's to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. This is the idea of love, caring about other people more than you care about yourself. And this would be following Christ's example. He gave himself up for us. So freedom in Christ is not the idea of seeking my own good, but it's the freedom to seek the benefit and building up of another person. Now, he gives a couple of examples of freedom in action. Verse 25, he says, Eat everything that is sold in the meat market without raising questions for the sake of conscience, since the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. So here they're saying if you go to the meat market, you don't need a pedigree and a chain of custody for this meat. It's meat sold in a meat market. If it did happen to be part of a pagan worship feast, that's okay. You're not participating in the pagan worship feast. It's just meat. So you don't need a, a chain of custody for this meat. It's, it's just meat. So even though you don't go to the pagan temple to participate in the worship act itself, you can still eat the meat that's sold in the meat market the next day. It's, it's a different thing. There it's just meat. So this is an example of freedom at play. Then in verse 27, he gives another example of freedom. If any of the unbelievers invites you over and you want to go, eat everything that's set before you without raising questions for the sake of conscience. So here the idea is you go to a, an unbeliever's house and he brings out some food. You don't need to say, where did all this come from? Has this ever been in a pagan temple? They say, no, you going to somebody's house. You're not participating in the pagan worship feast. You're just eating meat at somebody's house. Where the Jewish concern would be, we don't even go to somebody's house like that because they might slip you something that's not kosher, even unintentionally. So two examples of freedom. One is you're going to the market and buying meat. It's okay. And the other, you're going to an unbeliever's house and they serve you something. It's okay. This is freedom at work. And so he says, for the sake of conscience, what he's talking about is you don't need to be troubled about this. There's not a moral question at play here. Now, verse 28, 29, he says, but if someone says to you, this food is from a sacrifice, do not eat it out of consideration for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. It does not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. Now, what's the situation? He didn't explain it very deeply here, but the idea, it's troubling to this person. It's not just a, oh, by the way, that's uh, that meat there, you know, was down at the uh, pagan temple last night. 
This is somebody bringing it up as an issue. And he doesn't say whether this person is a believer or an unbeliever. But the point is, the other person brings it up thinking it's a problem. And so what he says there is, okay, if this other person thinks it's a problem, then don't eat that food. And he says, not because you have a problem with your conscience, but the other person does. Now, it's a kind of a rhetorical question here. In the second part of verse 29, it says, why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? If I partake with thanksgiving, why am I criticized because of something for which I give thanks? But back up at the beginning, he said, hey, everything belongs to God. As long as you're not doing this in the pagan temple, it's okay. Just give thanks to God. And he said, here, I give thanks to God, but why should somebody else's conscience dictate what I do? Now, some people think this is Paul talking about people criticizing what he does. Others think he's bringing it up as a rhetorical question kind of arguing the point of what he just made. And I go along with that. He just made the point of somebody says, hey, you know where that meat's been? It's a problem that don't eat the meat. And then he says, well, why should some, what somebody else thinks drive what I do? And then he goes on to answer it, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or from the church of God. Just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. So the whole point here is, back to this idea of knowledge is good, but love is essential. Love is the driver of everything. Where the Corinthians, they want to base things on knowledge and rights. I know things, and I have the right to do this. Where Paul is going for the position of love, and freedom, where I do it out of love because I care about others and how it affects them, and freedom. I have the freedom to do it or not do it. It's not that I have the right to do it. That's a selfish concern. I have the freedom to do it, the freedom to follow Christ and do what's necessary to serve Christ, to glorify God, and benefit other people. So here in this last part, he's saying, and so... You do this for the sake of other people. If you're buying stuff yourself, it doesn't matter where it came from. If you're going to somebody's house, it doesn't matter where it came from. But if it matters to someone else, then you better alter your behavior because it affects other people. And what was his bottom line here? One, give no offense. And it's not just to be polite and get along. But after that so that they may be saved. That's the end goal, is that others will come to Christ. And I don't want to create any offense that's going to hinder people coming to Christ. The gospel itself is enough of an offense. Why create additional offenses? And so Paul's position here, just as he had said earlier, I'll, I'll act like a Jew when I'm with the Jews. I'll act like a Gentile when I'm with the Gentiles. I'll be weak when I'm with weak people because I want them to know Christ. That's what I do. Chapter 11, verse 1. Really, it belongs with the stuff here in, in chapter 10. So it's kind of an unfortunate position where they made the chapter break here. Paul says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. He says, this is how I live. You guys ought to do likewise. So for the temple 
feasts in the pagan temple. He says, do not do it. That's idolatry. That is an offense to God. And you are dabbling in idolatry and you're under God's judgment when you do that. Now he talks about, but the food itself, it's okay. It's, uh, if, you, if you buy it, if you eat it, it's okay. It's just food. It, it doesn't really matter. You have freedom here. But if when it starts to then affect others, love takes precedence over the freedom. So does I mean I can never do anything if somebody's going to be offended? He's talking about people coming to Christ. That's the goal here. If somebody's offended because of the color clothes you wear, they say, well, I'll never wear that color clothing again because I don't want to offend anyone. That's just people being picky and silly. But it has to do with knowing people and dealing with people and, and bringing them to Christ. Then just be careful how we act. Be careful what we do. Be careful how we respond to things because what we really want is to create an opportunity for them to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.